Jesus plus nothing. 100% natural, no additives. Andrew Farley is celebrating your freedom in Christ. Call in and ask your questions at 877-655-6755. That's toll free at 877-655-6755. Via satellite from Texas, it's The Grace Message with Dr. Andrew Farley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. So glad you're joining us tonight. That number, 877-655-6755. We've got wide open lines, plenty of room for you to get in with your question tonight. Uh, Maybe you've got a question about a scripture passage. Perhaps you heard something in church recently. You're not sure about it. You want to talk it over. Well, let's make it a conversation together right now, 877-655-6755. Now, if you're a first-time caller tonight, uh, you got to know we love it. We love to hear from our first-time callers. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a veteran listener, maybe you've called us in the past, uh, but it's been a while and you've got something fresh on your mind tonight, join us right now, 877-655-6755. Well, just a reminder, too, if you're live streaming with us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, maybe you're joining us via our Grace Message mobile app or on our website. However you're connected with us, well, you're welcome to call in and be a part of tonight's conversation. Lots of room for you right now, 877-655-6755. Well, we're going to start out tonight with a question uh, from social media, and it is from Joseph on Facebook. He says, what happens to the law once heaven and earth pass away? Well, of course, uh, Joseph uh, on Facebook is referring to the idea that Jesus tells us in Matthew. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us that not a jot nor a tittle of the law will pass away until heaven and earth pass away. And, of course, that hasn't happened. So what is Jesus trying to tell us? Well, the law, the law hasn't gone anywhere. You know, if people are teaching you that the law is dead, well, that's not true. The law has not passed away until heaven and earth pass away. Last time I checked, heaven and earth are still here, right? And so is the law. The law has not died, but we Christians have died to the law. And I hope you hear the difference between those two ideas. The law is not dead or gone. We're not bashing the law or belittling the law. In fact, the truth is we're putting the law on a pedestal and we're saying it's so perfect and so impossible that nobody can keep it. And that's why we need to die to the law in order to live to God. So when Jesus tells us that not a jot nor a stroke of the law will disappear uh, until heaven and earth disappear, we can just nod our heads and say, yes, yes, Lord, yes, we, we get it. The law is 613 commands staring us in the face. There's no way we can keep them, and the only rescue we have is to die with Christ. Now, I hope you hear that because that is the neglected half of the cross message. The neglected half of the cross message. I say that because, well, the first half is that Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Now, what's the other half? That you died. 
that you died with Jesus and you died to the law so that you might live to God. So, uh, again, we got to stress here, Joseph, the law did not die, but you died to the law. Big difference. Likewise, you could talk about sin in the same way. Sin did not die, but you died to sin. So now we're starting to realize what is good, sound theology in Christ. Sin is not gone. The law is not gone. But we died to sin, and we died to the law. And so now we've got the freedom, the freedom to say no to sin and say yes to who we really are. Well, I hope you're enjoying tonight's broadcast. We are The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. So glad you're joining us tonight. That number to be a part of tonight's conversation, 877-655-6755. We're going to start out tonight uh, in Kentucky, and we'll talk with Dennis. Hey, Dennis, what have you got for us tonight? Always good to talk to you. Yeah. Listen, I wanted to... Well, I listened to uh, you being interviewed by Steve Brown, the, mm-hmm. I think Key Life Network. Uh-huh. And this was maybe a week or so ago. And um, I tell you what, what a voice Steve has. His, If anybody sounds like Moses, he does. He looks like okay. Moses. He sounds like Moses. And I can just tell you two had really good rapport. Yes. And he was very, very respectful of you and all that you've been doing and have done. And uh, he mentioned some things that I thought was really pretty simple, but just had a lot of truth to it. And he he mentioned, and you were you both were talking about it, where laughter is a sign of Jesus's presence. Uh-huh. And he also yeah. said we sh- we should be having fun as believers because of the freedom we have in Christ. Right. And the last thing he said was Christians should be having more fun than anyone else. And amen to that. And it's because of our new identity in Christ. So I. I just thought that was really a great conversation you two had, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, it was just, it was really fun to watch and listen to. And, and yeah. there was so much truth, and, and I could just see a real friendship between you two. I don't know how you all met or anything like that, but uh, you seem to have both enjoy each other's uh, conversation and talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I appreciate you bringing that up. Steve's a great guy, and uh, I've been on their program three or four times over the last uh, decade, I guess. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, an amazing insight is that we, as believers, uh, we can have more fun than the world. And I hope we believe that. I mean, my goodness, what's not to like about this gospel? I mean, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, you're clean, you're close, you're righteous, you're holy, you're blameless. What's not to like? God is for you, never against you. He remembers your sins no more. What's not to like? You're clean and close. You're bonded to Jesus. You're united with Christ. What's not to like? And, you know, if that doesn't translate into having some fun, well, then I don't know what does because uh, this is the best message on the planet. Uh, So, You're absolutely right, my friend. Appreciate you calling tonight and uh, reach out to us again anytime. Well, here's another question uh, from the Internet. Uh, How do we work through generational trauma? And this is from Ruby on YouTube. Well, Ruby, I I know there's a lot of talk about uh, generational curses and generational trauma, and clearly 
uh, you know, if you were directly abused by someone, that has an impact. It has a very negative personal impact directly on you. And so then there's a lot of processing to do. I mean, there's the process of realizing what pain was done to you, working through that, uh, going through the forgiveness process, uh, being healthy in your thinking, setting appropriate boundaries that are healthy going forward to avoid that abuse. I mean, all of that, all of it is uh, time-consuming. It is uh, very stressful, painful at times. And so if that's what you're going through, Ruby, my heart goes out to you uh, personally, and uh, I'm sorry that this is happening. Now, if you are referring to literally something passed down from, say, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, you know, there's another way that Christians sometimes talk about generational curses and generational trauma. Now, when we get to that level of talking about grandparents and great-grandparents and people that we had minimum exposure to, perhaps, but we're claiming that or being taught that the DNA has been passed down to us. Now, you could see that in a chemical situation, perhaps with alcoholism. Uh, You know, I don't know all the latest research, but surely there is an influence when uh, there's something going on in the genetics. There's a genetic predisposition toward some sort of craving at times. Now, I'm sure that's been nearly proven, if not proven. But there's something I want to touch on, and that is that we are not simply the product of our ancestors. And when we start out in this life on planet Earth, uh, we are in Adam and we're in the flesh. And clearly, we get our identity from our lineage. But remember what the born-again experience is. You are taken out of the flesh and you're put in the spirit. You're taken out of Adam and you're put in Christ. So now... You might say your spiritual DNA has changed. Your lineage, your heritage, your family line, spiritually speaking, has changed. And my point is, you're not the sum total of what your ancestors did. So I don't know why Christians today, so many teachers, seem to have an infatuation with generational curses. Well, really... Uh, what we need to recognize is that we're part of a new generation. We're part of a family of God. We're in Christ, not in Adam. We're in the Spirit, not in the flesh. And so now we derive our identity, our worth, our value, but even more, our spiritual DNA, our makeup, our nature, uh, from being born of God, being born again, So we are not the sum total of what we've done. We're not the sum total of what our ancestors have done. We are not the sum total of what your, you know, your great, great, great grandpa did way back when. So to believe that lie is really to succumb to 
the deception of the enemy rather than submitting to the truth that God has for us. It's a beautiful truth, and that is that you right here, you have a fresh start. Your identity is in Jesus, not in your family name. You right here have the ability to say no to sin and say yes to who you really are. You are dead to sin and alive to God. So, yes, there's a process when we've been directly harmed, of course. I I consider that to be a separate issue. I mean, we need counseling, we need help, we need encouragement, we need time, we need truth, we need to talk it out, we need to go through forgiveness, we need to process the pain when we've been directly traumatized or abused. But then there's this other category where Christians, to me, it seems, many times we just uh, really get distracted by this false idea that we've received a generational curse or that something's been passed down to us that is inevitable. Uh, You know, that is absolute nonsense when you realize, no, wait a minute, I'm more than victorious through Christ. I've got everything I need for life and godliness through him. You know, I come from a family where I look back at our relatives, uh, some of my half-siblings and uh, some of the people in my lineage. Oh, my goodness, there have been uh, severe depression, suicides, uh, all kinds of drug abuse, drug addiction in our family line, and yet uh, here I am today, and I can say, you know what? None of that, none of that is who I am. None of that is my identity. That's not my family line spiritually because I'm in the family of God, and I've got a new heart and a new spirit and God's spirit living in me, and I can say no to sin and yes to who I really am in Christ. So we don't get our identity from our family line. That's the beauty of being born again. And when we realize that's not just a figure of speech, (laughs) it's actually reality. Well, oh my goodness, then we realize just how powerful that that truth really is. So thanks for your call tonight uh, or your question tonight uh, on YouTube and uh, reach out to us again any time. All right, well, let's go now uh, to Joseph in Florida. Hey, Joseph, what have you got for us tonight? Hi, how are you? Hey, doing great. What's on your mind tonight, Joseph? So it's it's kind of like a two-part question, but it's basically one question. Um, mm-hmm. The first part would be, I know as a Christian, there's no like amount of sin that you can do that would basically make you lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Um but there is un, one unforgivable sin, and that's the sin of unbelief. Mm-hmm. So my question is, the first part of it, can a Christian stop believing and therefore lose their salvation? And mm-hmm. the second part kind of comes in with the free will aspect. Um, because I believe we have free will both pre- and post-salvation, can I choose to stop believing or does that not, not work in, in how we interpret what free will means? I see, yeah. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a shocking statement, and that is that certainly we have free choice, but now our will has changed. Our will is now bound uh, to Christ because we are a new creation, 
and we got a a new core to our being. I mean, just think about it. God ripped out your old heart. What did your old heart want? What did your old heart will? What did your old heart always choose? What did your old heart always desire or will? Well, it wanted sin. It was a slave to sin. So you got your old heart ripped out, and you got a new heart. Okay, what does your new heart want? Well, you're a slave of righteousness. You got a new heart, a new spirit, and God's spirit living in you, and you are harnessed and enslaved to righteousness. So that's going to affect your will. Uh, so the notion of free will is a little tricky. You don't see the words free will in the New Testament. It's not there. Uh, yes, we make choices every day, and yes, we're choosing. Do we want to eat the ham sandwich or the turkey sandwich? Do we want to write with the red pen or the blue pen? Uh, do we want to buy the white house or the green house? Absolutely. We're making choices every day. We have free choices. Uh, but... At salvation, God fixed your problem. And how did he fix your problem? He fixed your problem by giving you a new heart and a new set of desires. It's what you wanted. You didn't even realize the lengths to which Christ would transform you at salvation. But he did. He went to great lengths to change who you are and what you want. So now remember... You, uh, Paul says it. He says you were a slave of sin and you were free in regard to righteousness. Now think about that. What he's saying is you were addicted to sin and you couldn't do righteousness if you tried. <laughs> you just couldn't. Even your own self-righteousness, it was like filthy rags. So you were addicted to sin. It's what you willed. It's what you wanted. And you were free in regard to righteousness. You had nothing to do with righteousness. Now, the opposite is true. You're a slave of righteousness, and now you're free from sin. You're free from its power. You're free from its dominance. So you can see why a term like free will would really not do this justice. And that's why we cannot fall at the feet of Plato and Socrates and Greek philosophy to try to understand spiritual truth. While those philosophers used the term free will, the Apostle Paul doesn't use it. Neither does Peter or James or John. So why are we trying to figure things out with a term that uh, the Bible doesn't actually use. So let's use Bible words. And when we use Bible words, things get really simple. My problem was not just what I was doing. My problem was what I wanted. Now at salvation, Jesus changes what I want. He changes my heart and my desires, and that affects my will. And so what I'm saying is, your old self died. Your old self was an unbeliever. The unbeliever died. You died with Christ. So now you're a believer by nature, and you'll never stop believing. Ephesians 6.24 says you have an undying love for Jesus. So otherwise, if God didn't do this, you might be saved for five minutes. If God didn't do this, then really your whole salvation... It would all hinge on your consistency and your ability to choose him every minute. 
and your ability to trust him and believe him and want him. And so you'd have to muster up some want. But God did better than that. The gospel is better than all of that because he gave you a new heart, a new set of want-tos, and this impacts your will and your choices because he's exchanged your heart. So I hope that makes sense, my friend. Uh, We don't have to try to embrace things in terms of free will and fate. Those are philosophical terms from Greek philosophy. Uh, What we can do is have a true biblical view of ourselves. And when we do, we realize, oh, my goodness, my God loved me so much that he made me his kid. He changed my DNA spiritually. He gave me a a DNA swap, and he gave me a heart transplant. And uh, because he did that, now I see why it's eternal life. If he told me just to be a good boy and left me with the old heart, uh, that'd be a dirty trick. If he told me just to believe hard enough every day but didn't make me a believer by nature, then that would be a dirty trick. So this is why we have to embrace the fullness of the gospel message. It is way more than getting forgiveness. It is getting forgiveness and a whole new set of desires. It is getting forgiven, but it's also getting the core of your being ripped out and replaced. And what is it replaced with? Well, it's replaced with the new you that never stops believing and never stops loving God. Now, if you like what you're hearing tonight, maybe you're beginning to discern the difference. You want to dive a little deeper into what we're teaching. Well, you can find out more at andrewfarley.org. When you go to our website, you'll find thousands of free resources to encourage you in your new identity in Christ. We want you to come to the place where you're celebrating the gospel like never before. And you know what? The gospel really is that good. It's worthy of our respect, and Jesus is worthy of our praise. And the only way we're going to get there is not by mustering up excitement out of nowhere like it's some obligation, but instead by inquiring and saying, Jesus, if your gospel really is this good, if your love really is this great, then show me, teach me, show me the truth that'll set me free. You said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Well, what I'm experiencing right now doesn't seem to be easy or light. So something's going wrong. Something's off. I want you to show me the truth that'll really set me free. And that's what God promises to do. And that's what we're all about here at The Grace Message. So if you're looking for that clarity, if you are discerning the difference between lifeless religion, all of that Bible Belt religiosity, with all of that terminology to boot, and instead you're really craving a simple affection for Jesus and the gospel, go to our website, dive in. You will not be disappointed. We love to showcase the finished work of Jesus Christ. So we invite you, go to andrewfarley.org, click on the media tab. Every single one of our resources is absolutely free, and we hope that you're encouraged And we hope that you enjoy it. 
Well, again, we are The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. If you want to support what we're doing here and help us reach even more people, well, first, I've got some pretty exciting announcements. Did you know our most recent podcast, we've reached over 6 million downloads with the Heartbeat of Faith podcast, and we're still counting. It's only been several months, and we're still counting. And we've got our new tool, our new resource, BibleQuestions.com. We're now reaching 2,000 questions a day as people from all over the world are asking important questions in 95 languages. That's right. You can go to BibleQuestions.com, ask anything you want, and get an answer, a biblical answer, a grace-based answer, in 10 seconds or less, in 95 languages. People are getting answers in Mandarin Chinese, in Swahili and Russian. They're getting answers in Japanese and Spanish and Portuguese. All over the planet, people are hearing about Jesus. They're hearing about His finished work and the message of grace. For more information grace. on the broadcast ministry of Dr. Andrew Farley, please visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Join us next time as we invite you to celebrate the grace message with Dr. Andrew Farley. This program is sponsored by your generous financial support.